Welcome back. It's Dark Purple Podcast, episode 2.5. It's Purple Fox here, and I'm on a solo rant tonight. We are going to be covering things a little bit about myself. Uh, Chuck, tipsy, um, unfortunately, we're not able to join me this evening as co-hosts on the podcast, so I will be doing it solo, like I said. This one, today we're going to cover um, a little bit just explaining about what, who is Purple Fox? You know, you guys listen to the podcast and um, allow me to talk crazy most of the time. <laughs> and I want to explain who I am, what I am, uh, how my history of myself in gaming and the gaming world came about how I've came around to be a content creator and be sitting in front of the mic right now to record a podcast for you to listen to and uh, to get right into it I, I just want to say that I I've always been a gamer throughout my my life um, I started playing actually with PlayStation 1 whenever I was playing Spyro I had the little purple dragon that blew fire. I used to run into the sheep and collect gems and and things like that. Um, I actually have not played the remastered Spyro yet. I'd like to get that just to have a little bit of a nostalgia on, you know, playing Spyro. I haven't played it since PlayStation 1. Um, and from there, I moved from, you know, Spyro. And then I've always played, I played Game Boy. I played a few Pokemon games, uh, nothing, never really dove real big into Pokemon, or Pokemon games, I played them, but I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh guy, so I played Yu-Gi-Oh cards a lot when I was younger, I didn't really get into the Pokemon cards and Pokemon itself, um, Pokemon was always an interesting thing, I just never really dove into it, like I, uh, had friends that did, and I know people still are into it today, I mean, it's crazy, I'm 24 now, and, what, in 2000, I would have been kindergarten, five or six, and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh were just becoming a thing. I remember it's crazy that they're still around, and it's, Pokemon itself is still blowing up. I mean, it still is ever increasing in in a fan base, and people are loyal to that. It's actually pretty astonishing to see something like that last so long. Um, they they really have a legacy that they've continued. I, I'm not sure. I haven't really heard too. I know there's still Yu-Gi-Oh cards in the store. The thousand eye, thousand thousand eyed dragon, I think it was, and the three headed blue blue eyed dragon. I remember that one. Those were my. Uh, I had you had to collect all three of the the heads of the blue eye the the blue eyed dragon. I think is what it calls, and it you could evolve it into or not evolve, but that's like Pokemon. But you could morph it or change it into the three headed blue eyed dragon, and then there was the the red eyed black dragon. Oh, that was always one of my favorites to use as well. That and then the um the wizard. I try to remember what the wizard was called. I can picture the card in my head. I picture him like with his staff and like his stance that he had in the picture. Real badass, but like just wizardly, wizardly like war what are they called? Warlocks as a, as a male. If you're a male wizard, you're a warlock or that's a wit no witch is a female. Pardon me, getting a little sip of a little sip of water. No water. But tangent, as always, as usual. We're we'll talk from you know, like I said, I played Spyro and Pokemon on the Game Boy, and then really when I started like 
playing video games because I was pretty young still when the PlayStation One was out. It's early two thousand, so I quite I probably wasn't even quite ten yet. Um, was the PlayStation Two, and if anybody remembers this, this gives me this is a throwback here. Is Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter one, two, and three. Huge, huge fan of the Jack and Daxter series. Now I started playing at Jack and Daxter two, and it was funny. My friends, my one, one of my real good friends from when I was younger, he had Jack and Daxter two before I did. He had a PlayStation two, and it really made me want to get it and get a PlayStation two. Is we used to go to his house and have sleepovers, and we'd either play Super Smash Brothers on the GameCube, which is a whole other game that is just phenomenal and has lasted through ages because it's a phenomenal game. But we go over to his place and we play Jack and Daxter. And if anyone knows Jack and Daxter, it's kind of like the first open world um, game. I mean, you were able to literally, like, there were missions that you needed to do. But if you think of, like, GTA now, obviously it's way more complex, but, you know, it's open world. So you were going to travel to people to get missions done, and you could you could visit other places when you have no need to go there. So you used to be able to go back and, you know, I can't, what were they called, orbs or uh, runes or no. But you used to be able to collect these, like, orbs in uh, in Jack and Daxter 2, and you could collect them all, like, like collectibles that you could find through, hidden throughout the map and, like, you know... You could explore the map. There were like little hidden crevices. You could find these after you go back and go back and you beat all the missions. And you can upgrade your guns. And it was just real. Like I said, it was the first one of the first open world games that really took off. And Jack and Daxter too. Like I said, we my buddy and I we we'd stay up real real late and we play. Uh, we called it the Can Can, and it was like getting the cops on you. In like GTA, but you'd do it in the, in Jack and Daxter. The cops, you'd you'd shoot a civilian or steal someone's car in front of the cops, and then you'd drive around and see how long you could live and kill as many cops as possible. You know, and we used to call it, like I said, the Can Can, and it it was always a a good good time. I I just remember having great memories playing that on the PlayStation Two and staying up to the ash crack at dawn, basically to play that game just to sit around and that's when you used to have to sit around and watch your friend play and then he would die and then you would sit, he would sit there and watch you play it wasn't like it nowadays you can call me a boomer all you want but you millennials and uh ex-children i think is what they're called or x-generation not sure what that is but i think it's called x-generation but i know the millennials you guys you you guys wouldn't know is uh sitting around and watching your your buddy play while you wait for him to die, almost rooting for him to die, and then you take your turn, and you go to play for a couple minutes or half hour, 45 minutes until you die, and then you hand the remote back over, whereas now you can just, luxury of living in 2020, you can just sit in your own home and play online as long as you have internet connection, you can play with your buddy anytime, anytime you want, you could talk to him over a headset, it's, um, it's pretty crazy how far it came along. Now I'm not gonna say when I say I was a big gamer back then. I, I um. I, I dabbled. I I wasn't someone that was completely absorbed into it. I was an. Uh, I grew up being an athlete. I played sports all my life. I played all kinds of sports. So, a lot of my time was spent playing sports, and then my pastime was to play video games, which is still kind of is up until recently once I graduated college and stopped playing collegiate baseball, you know, my pastime was always playing video games 
but it became more seriously as I progressed, and and I'll explain that as I get there um, down the the history of Purple Fox. Um, so from Jack and Daxter, really, I mean, like I played like Jurassic Park on the PlayStation Two, and then there was a Nintendo sixty four that you could play. Uh, we played Super Smash Brothers, but then when I really started gaming, and then I took a hiatus. But like I said, I'll get to that. Is when bought or I'm sorry, the PlayStation Three came out. So a little fun fact is I got the PlayStation 3 with my family. My mom and dad got the, my brothers and I, the PlayStation 3 for Christmas. And um, my mom was not happy with my dad about getting the PlayStation 3. So my dad actually ended up taking the PlayStation back and returning it. I can't remember what the reason was or why, but my, my mom didn't want to get us a PlayStation 3 because, you know, she was she more or less liked us playing outside, wanted us to be free-roam children. If anyone knows what that term means, just, you know, just look it up on Google. You'll, you'll, you'll know. But it, it, my mom uh, made my dad return the PlayStation 3 after Christmas, and so that was kind of heartbreaking. And then we eventually got the PlayStation 3, like, two or three months later, and um, it was for my brothers and I, but out of all three of us and my sister, but she was real young at the time, um, I ended up playing the most of the video games, probably because I'm the oldest and I may have bullied them off the sticks, but not going to say, let's rephrase that. I'm not going to say I bullied them off the sticks, but it was still at that point where you were you were able, this is where Call of Duty Modern Warfare started coming out, where you start to be able to play online. And so I got the PlayStation 3 when War at War came out. So I never got to play Call of Duty, the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare, until after the fact. I never was there for that first phase of, like, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like the start of the Call of Duty Empire and franchise. I started playing at War at War, and I, hands down, love War at War. I loved, loved, loved playing zombies. Like, I played zombies. If it wasn't, like... If it, it, I played Jack and Daxter to Ash Crack of Dawn, I played Zombies to the Ash Crack of Dawn three days after. Like, I played so much Call of Duty, especially Zombies. Like, the um, Keener, not Keener D. Toten, that was on Blackout or Black Ops, but there was um, The Rock, or I think it was that where the first pack a punch was. I can't remember the name of it, but I loved it. I always was a big guy that liked to do, like, glitches and things like that. Like, I liked finding those glitches and um, using them within the game. Not people, you can say that I cheated, sure, but I never was one of those people that did, like, a trillion rounds and got on the record board for that. Like, I just liked, I got satisfaction from learning them and being able to use them just because I thought it was fun. It was a little quirk to the game that... You know, you're you're cheating, you know, it kinda was like you're badass as a little kid learning how to do this like little glitch within the game. And from Call of Duty War at War, Modern Warfare two came out. And this is when I like before grinding became grinding because you didn't really have the whole competitive pro scene there was nowadays, especially not in Call of Duty then. But I loved playing, like, searching hardcore, search and destroy with your boys, and you could go shoot the thumper across the map and swipe five guys and piss them off and send them back to the loading screen because they're so mad. You know, that was, like, I was probably four, twelve, thirteen, 12, 13, or 14 around then when it was there. 
when he was in. And I just remember like playing a one. That's when one v ones became a thing. Like oh one v one me quick scopes, bro. Hit me on rushed. <laughs> and that's kind of like where my gaming came about. Like up to that point, like it was always kind of like. I just did it to have fun. I just played to socialize with my friends and just um, be a part of it. And I also had like a PSP that I carried. So one summer, I, uh, I I sold hot dogs and nachos outside my dad's office in a little city that we're from outside of Pittsburgh. And I ended up making like a couple couple hundred dollars as, as I think I was 13 in just selling nachos and hot dogs i paid my dad back for the vendor's license i think it was like a 100 bucks from the city and then i ended up making enough money to buy myself a you know the portable playstations the psps and then an ibm thinkpad laptop it was my first laptop i ever had i bought it it was um it was actually pretty sweet i don't even know why i bought it because i, I was like 13 i did, what was i gonna do with a laptop like I, what i wish i i wish i had that like six hundred dollars that i used to buy that laptop to have it right now to pay my rent <laughs> but that's beside the point but i used to play the psp a lot after i got out of playing P playstation 3 kind of went away um i play always played the psp i played a lot of street 3 nfl street 3 i love that game it was awesome and then this is where i kind of took this like hiatus like um i wasn't um, this is kind of towards where it's like my end of middle school going into high school, probably about 14 when, um, PlayStation three came out and then the Xbox one and the PlayStation four came out in the next gen, those ne as the next gen consoles. And, um, I, I kind of fell off. I didn't play a whole lot of video games. This is kind of, I think maybe towards like 16 or 17 or 18. I was, it was like my end, end of high school at this point. And I, I was focused on my sports. Like, I, I played um, I played high school baseball for four years. Um, I did football until my sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, I I had some other things of extracurricular activities, I like to say, that I did in high school just to uh, learn who I was as a growing boy. And, you know, I, I really didn't get into back into playing video games at all until... Junior year of was it junior yeah, junior year of college, um my one friend, Greg had uh we roomed together and we used to go to the bars and we'd come back and um he had an Xbox One and I used to play Battlefield One on his Xbox all the time and I loved it like I love hands down Battlefield One is my personal favorite game I love it I love it. I think the game all around the the aesthetics to the game the the gameplay to it just all around I loved Battlefield 1 I, I just loved it and I played it and what happened was is, um, my 2016 to 2016 no that would have been so my junior to senior year summer so that would have been 2017 summer from my sophomore to, or from my junior to senior year I did an internship at the University of Kentucky. Um, I did a little bit of research down there, but I was moving down there. I was moving to a whole different state. It's six hours away from my house to um, be by myself. Like, I didn't know anyone. I knew no one I was going with. I was living by myself in a studio apartment, and I had a couple bucks I saved up, and I, I, I wanted to get a Xbox. I, I saved up to get an Xbox. I bought an Xbox One S. Um, it's what I still use now. That's what I stream off of 
and at this point, like, I, I would, you know, come home from work, and I didn't know anyone, so I'd play Xbox, and this is, excuse me, when I kind of met my Battlefield 1 family, I was part of a platoon called, uh, I think it was Bloody, Bloody Claw, and a, I, still a lot of people that I met in that um, Bloody Claw clan when we played and held servers and matches and stuff together in Battlefield 1 versus others, um, you know, I still play with some of you, some of them. I, I still have many of the members that come through the stream, come to watch, listen to the podcast, let's check me out on YouTube. Like, I'm still in contact with a lot of these people that I played so much of Battlefield 1 with. And it was just a, a phenomenal time. You know, you almost grew a Battlefield 1 family around it. But, as we know, Fortnite came about. And yes... I will say, and I will say honestly, that Garrett, Tanner, and I, and Greg um, are true OGs to Fortnite. Um, back in, like, I think it came out in July, and then in August of 2017, we, uh, I know I downloaded it, um, started playing uh, Fortnite, and it just took off. Like We all know Fortnite is... Hands down, at least I said it like from the last podcast, it definitely in, it is the largest game on, for streamers, for people watching streams, like we all know that. Um, and so this is where I started sh- kind of getting into streaming more. So I I like to stream from my Xbox. I My buddy showed me junior year as well from his Xbox, like what Twitch was. Like I've never heard of Twitch. I heard of, you know, I, I didn't even know people like streamed video games at this point. Because like I said, I, I wasn't into the video game world. I wasn't a part of it at that point. I didn't have a video games that I played. So I never was absorbed into that world of what was going on after, you know, since I was in this little bit of a hiatus. And he showed me what Twitch was and I was like, Will people stream video games? Question mark. And then people watch them? Question mark. And I don't know why I thought I could do this, but like I so I downloaded the app Twitch app off my on my Xbox, and I I didn't have intentions of streaming initially. I just found out that like I could stream to Twitch from my Xbox, and so I don't know. One day I was I I probably was intoxicated, and. I, had the courage to just hit the stream button and I started streaming and then I kind of looked into it a little bit more and what it was and I streamed off my Xbox and to the start of Fortnite I streamed off my Xbox several several months into Fortnite coming about and then I really you know I kind of will say that I I jumped on the bandwagon with others about getting into the streaming world playing in the part of the big part of the gaming world because you just watched like Ninja and Tim and these guys just grow. Like, and all they're doing is playing video games. And it's not like, that's the thing. Like, now it's it's evolved into a whole different world. It's not just playing video games for these top, top-notch streamers. It's not just playing video games for people like myself who are, is a smaller streamer, has a sm- smaller community, has... A, producing content i wouldn't even say smaller community or smaller streamers just a content creator in general it's a whole different ballgame it's not just streaming on twitch anymore there's a whole other aspect to it that i never even realized and i want to discuss that here in a little bit but let's go back to when i started so 
I started streaming off my Xbox and for several, several months. I, I just did my research, and I had a friend who graduated from college a year before me, and he started streaming off his PC, but he was using his Xbox. So he would play on Xbox, as many people do now, and then stream it through an external software. So I'm using OBS right now to, to record. I use Streamlabs OBS to do my live streams, and I got into this, and I couldn't... So OBS was a little tricky for me. One of the big issues was, was my senior year, I was still in college. So I still had schoolwork I had to take care of. I worked during that time. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to play baseball my senior year because of injuries. Um, I was a pitcher and blew my arm out. And so I, I took it um, to another level because I, I just I, I thought that um, being a part of this community was something that I wanted to do. And... And at that point, I I watched my buddy stream, and I watched his streams, and I was like, I, I want I want to do what he did. I want to do what he does. Unfortunately, he doesn't stream anymore, or I know he sh might be trying to get back into it, I'm pretty sure. But uh, that's part of the adulting life, and being an adult is sometimes you have to put uh, the luxuries aside for um, life. Life happens. And... So, going into my senior year, I played a absolute boatload, boatload of Fortnite. Like, I didn't play anything else at all. I played Wolfen Wolfenstein, I think is what it was called. It was like a campaign game in an alternate universe if uh, the Americans did not win World War II and Nazis took over. So, it was it was a pretty interesting game, but it was like a campaign game, and when I didn't want to... Ticked off at Fortnite. I didn't want to play Fortnite, which was like a brief second of like thirty seconds, and then I'd play Fortnite. Um, I played with Garrett, Chuck, and and Strom Greg all the time, and then PUBG came out, and Greg went away. He didn't play a lot of Fortnite much anymore. He still he had never really have after that, but it was always Chuck, Garrett, and I. So the three amigos, and um, missing them tonight. Um, I know we've talked about like the story of Purple and how the Purple. Purple has come about in the in the community. Um, so mad love. Thank you to the Purple community. I want to say thank you to all the support that you guys have shown for myself streaming, um, all the content that I've created, and then the podcast now. Uh, the podcast episode two, like, just had, I mean, obviously record numbers, and it was thanks all thanks to you you guys listening and showing love and I, I hope that we're going to be able to continue putting out podcasts that everyone enjoys that it listens to trying to branch out into different topics um i know we wanted to talk about gaming because that's where the core part of our community is is gaming but there's so much more out there to talk about and be a part of than just gaming um and and we'll get there and we'll get there um i'm not worried but i want to say thank you and I appreciate all the love that you show me in the community. Keep putting out your content. Keep showing love to everybody in the part of the community. And um, I just love being a part of this this group of of young men and women and, and adults of men and women. And it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal community. But that's a tangent. So there I am again ranting, going on a tangent. But so... Probably about after my senior year, after graduation, this is kind of when I decided that I wanted to take it to another level. So it had been summer 
of 2018, um, January, March, April, May, June, July. So probably about June, July, July, probably. I got like, uh, so I worked at a golf course right after I graduated. Absolutely hated it. I had to get up at like 4 5 o'clock in the morning, and I am not a morning person by any means. Unless I'm going fishing or hunting, I am not a morning person by any means. And so I worked, started working at a juvenile placement school, and it's I, I made pretty good money. It was like my first adult job, making pretty decent money. Um, and so what I started to do is I got myself a PC. I'm still using the same PC. I picked it up off Leco. I have an, an Alienware Alpha. Um, it is very outdated. It's like an i3. It's from like 2014. It's an i3. Had Windows 8 originally running Windows 10 on it now, and it hardly runs. Definitely got to get an upgrade here soon, um, but that's in the future. But I'm still running this PC. It's, it's been phenomenal. I bought the PC. I got a, a nice gaming keyboard. It came with a nice gaming mouse off this um, younger kid, actually. Um, and I bought it for like 150 bucks off Leco from the kid and it was a steal. Like I, I, I literally have gotten so much use out of it because I needed a PC to stream from my uh, laptop that I had at the time was very, very bogged down. I think I had viruses on my computer from school, my laptop from school. So I wasn't able to use it cause it was just so slow and pardon me in my, the game, like I wasn't able to i drop frames, I'd skip frames, the internet was bad at school. So, like, I tried streaming at school, and it didn't work. I tried in every way possible to not have to buy an Elgato. Now, for those that are listening and are thinking about streaming, or I'm not sure about creating YouTube videos, but I'm thinking this is probably going to go along those same lines to have the quality, because... If you're taking the output from your Xbox and sending it directly to your computer, first off, there's no way for an external software like OBS or Streamlabs to pick up your Xbox if you run it into your computer. So that's that. Second off, I tried streaming it from like the Xbox app and then having OBS or Streamlabs pick that web page up and streaming it. You drop so many frames. Like I'm talking like, I'm sorry, you skip. Wait, what? It drop frames. You know, you skip frames. So many frames. So skipping frames is where your actual hardware CPU is not. You don't have enough CPU. You don't have enough RAM running. You don't have enough processor to run these. So you skip frames. Or if you drop frames, that's dropping frames because of your internet. So that's having to fix your bit rate, uh, fixing your output from 1080, 60 FPS to. 720 to 30 fps you know there's the that's those things and I, so as time went along like i got this i got this new pc and i started being able to run the software and now the one thing that i want to say to any new streamer is don't stop learning you are going to get frustrated that is the one thing that makes me appreciate what my stream has become now to what it was from the grind to having to learn how to make the stream. So uh, I'm at the privileged point now where uh, we can, we're going to talk about it is building a community, being a part of a community, because my stream is technically to where I want it. I have the technical, I have the equipment, I have the, my internet's good, my 
I have the stream to the quality that I think is presentable to stream day in and day out whenever I want. I know it's going to be this quality 9 out of 10 times. So, but starting going back into getting that right equipment and, and trying to understand what you need to make it better, what you need, what you need to do within the software to make the quality better, what you have to have the right mindset to do because it is so frustrating. You are going to fail a hundred times and it's going to work once and you're going to be, oh, I got it. And then it's going to fail a hundred times after that and it's not going to work. It's going to be frustrating. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's a part of learning. And the part of learning that I think learning with it was so important was because when things go wrong now, like, like shit goes haywire all the time. But the reason why my streams, you don't notice it for one or two, it is very subtle, is because I know what to do to fix it. If you can learn the basics of how to f reset your Elgato, fix your dropped frames, fix your skipped frames, if you learn the basics behind those, if you learn the basics of how to adjust your audio, say that you want to move from, so I'm not on my PC right now, I'm on my, comp my, my MacBook using OBS to stream this audio for the podcast because it makes it easier because I can go into an editing, editing software on the Mac which is nicer than on my Windows, on my PC. Plus the Mac's a lot faster processing than my PC. So I'm able to take my mic and set it up into OBS, which I've never used OBS before this, which I started using it like three weeks ago. But I already know what to do because the setup and the process and the concept behind creating this audio, creating this podcast, that what goes along with the podcast is part of what I learned. This is what I learned from streaming and going through the grind and getting frustrated and watching YouTube after YouTube after YouTube video to learn what to do. So there is so much more content out there now for streamers, new streamers to get in there. There's I, I, I still watch podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts now that talk about um, how to develop as a streamer, how to not the technical part of things. YouTube is, the, is hands down the best resource when it comes to the actual technical quality that you want. So how to set up a webcam, how to set up your mic, how to put filters on your audio, how to sound crisp so it doesn't, you know, how to make uh, your overlays, how to get overlays. Um, you can find this all on YouTube, and, it, and it's for every streaming platform. So there's Streamlabs OBS is a free software. It is such an easy software to use. It is literally everything is right there for you. All you're going to do is know where to go. Watch an easy, simple YouTube video for that and you're set but the understanding what they do so then when it goes wrong you're able to fix it is what is important because you'll get it but then again it'll go wrong and then you got to remember what the hell you did to get it to work <laughs> so this took me quite quite a while so i think after i got the pc i was able to actually set up the software get the software running not have like these crazy amount of of skipped frames because my CPU, my my processor was not high enough, and I was able to get to the computer to what I needed. The next step was, well, I got to figure out how to set my internet up properly. 
you got to figure out what your bit rate's going to be, what you're going to be outputting, um, how much CPU process you're going to use while doing this. So I, I can't play I can't play computer games unless it's like Uno, a simple game like that, on my computer while streaming. It just simply does not allow me or allow it to work like that. And even when I did that, I still had technical issues because my computer is not have it doesn't have a fast enough processor, not able to process the information of the streaming in the game itself, even being Uno, to give a good quality that I have from my Xbox. So that's the one thing that I have from my Xbox that I have that advantage is from my Elgato card, which is a capture card. Now I'm not this isn't sponsored by Elgato or anything like that, but I have an Elgato and I've hands down haven't had I've had zero well i've maybe had one or two issues but they were i i called elgato and they did everything and anything they could to help me get my elgato back and running and my problems were solved it was it was simple i spent like two or three hours with the guy in short two or three hours may sound like a lot of time but just be patient be patient because this stuff is time consuming in so I got my Elgato, I got the computer, and I think my my next pickup, I have, I still even have, right now, I still have the old webcam that I had. My dad had an old webcam, he used to do business seminars, and he'd do webinars, and he had an old webcam from it. So I picked that up, I picked up a mic with a tripod off uh, Amazon, I think it was maybe, for like $13. And it was a nice little mic, it was a nice starter mic, it was able to sit in front of me, uh, and, and so I was able to get the audio out. And so my first process when I was trying to get about go about this was I wanted to learn how to make it more visually presentable. I liked, I liked the f overlays. I wanted to make sure my overlays were good. Pardon me. I wanted to make sure that I had uh, an okay webcam. I'm not going to say it was good because it was old, but it was okay. And then I streamed for a little bit, leaving it at this. Um... And I and I only streamed too is a key part that I want to talk about in a little bit after I get out of the equipment things. And I only streamed. I only streamed on Twitch. I wasn't on any other social media. Well, I was, but they were personal social medias. They were on Instagram for personal use, Twitter for personal use. And I didn't even think about YouTube or a podcast by any means. That was a long that was way down there. So again, time goes along. I start picking up um how to actually do the visualizations, how to make transition, how to get the transitions, how to get these overlays, how to like have like community stats on your your stream while you're streaming. You have someone that follows you, the new follow comes up and they stay up on the screen. Like I I I thought that that was important to what I had going on. And if you ever go back to watch some of my old videos from like when I first first started, wow, it has come a long way. And then the biggest and most troubling trials outside of having internet problems, because you're always going to have internet problems, no matter where you're at, when you're, how big you are, blah, blah, blah. Internet is the bane of a streamer's content creator's existence, period. And so I wanted to focus on audio. And audio, and still to this day, I try to work on my audio every single time I can get a chance because audio is such an important thing. If I could go back, I would make sure that my audio was much better first than I did my visuals because no one wants to come into a stream and sure, you're going to get people to click on your stream, but you're not going to retain anyone. 
You're not going to retain the person because your mic's clipping or it's super loud or they can't hear you or you sound like you're 10 miles away. Like even like I said, I have I went from a pretty cheap mic that I was able to learn how to put filters on, um, learn what the filters did, how to suppress like my fan. Like if I stop talking here for two seconds. My fans running. You can't hear that because of certain filters that I was able. I learned how to put onto the mic. That you know you don't want to go into someone's stream and then you hear like their dehumid. I had an old dehumidifier that used to run all the time. No one wants to hear that. You don't want to hear me typing on my keyboard or hitting my joysticks. And that was all issues that I had that I experienced that I, I have tried to overcome and I've learned these almost professional ways of. Using these softwares to make this audio, this visualization better. That's the part of learning and growing as a streamer. And I, I, I love the process. And so over time, I've upgraded. So I got my, after I my mic, I, I streamed for quite a while. And then I was like, I, I want to upgrade. I, I really want to get something that's going to make my audio better um, and my my. my visualization better so i upgraded first into a um uh snowball yeah uh, what is it yeti uh the blue microphones it's like a little snowball microphone um it's phenomenal i got a steal on that i shop on Leco. got a steal on that i got it brand new and it was 30 dollars and so i i didn't have anything actually to it didn't come with a with a tripod, and it didn't fit on my prior tripod from my old mic. So I got myself a little um, arm that it goes on, and it came with like a little vibration muffle um, over it. So I, I, it looks pretty sweet. I use this for the stream. I use it for my YouTube videos. I use it for my for the podcast. Obviously, here I'm talking into it. It it has done me wonders. I spent thirty bucks on it. All it is is a USB. You plug it right into your computer and you set it up. And it's the same as using any any mic. It's the same when you once you learn how to add the filters and add like noise gates and noise suppressions and compressors to make the <coughs> pardon me to make the audio as crisp as possible. You know how to do it. It's it's real simple. And when something goes wrong, you know exactly how to fix it. Or if you have to change it because say. Your fan gets louder. You put a new AC in your window, and it's louder. You're able to, you you know what to do to fix these things. And so once I got the arm and I got the the mic, I was able to. I just picked myself up a uh, 1080p webcam. Um, I really want to invest in a DSL DSLR camera. I think is what they're how they're how they're spelled. I think is what it is. Um, but that's a whole other level. Those are quite expensive. Uh, cheaper ones are between two, three, four hundred dollars. Um, I don't quite have that money to invest into a new web or new cam yet, but I have this 1080p webcam. I mean, this is the best webcam that you can get. It's a 1080p. It's not the the Logitech C93, or I think it's C93 or 930. Um, but either way, it's not one of those. It's a um, Osdome 1080p webcam. It does the trick. When I've compared between the two. This one is just as good as the Logitech 1080 or 930 or whatever 920 whatever it is, and and then after that I I streamed for a while and I had my audio real good I had it to where it was and then at that point I got um I got some LED lights I put them behind me to make it look cool behind me I got them purple because obviously 
purple fox, man. You got to get the purple aesthetics. I got myself a little bit of a, I got myself a nice ring light to uh, once I moved out and moved into my townhouse with my lovely girlfriend. Um, I had my purple lights behind me with LED, and then it was a little dark on my face, and then my monitor would light my face up, but it would fluctuate based off of obviously what's going on in the game. So I got myself an LED light to make sure it's more consistent on my face. And throughout that whole process of upgrading and the technical issues, it this is this is a year worth of work. Like I'm I'm summing it up quite a bit. And I, again, I'm I'm telling you, it's frustrating. I would got I would get frustrated. I would just say, "Fuck it, I'm gonna stream anyways." You know, sometimes you just have to say, you know, for a lack of better words, is "fuck it." You know, don't be afraid to stream. Don't be don't don't hold yourself to the point where you're not gonna stream because the quality isn't professional. You'll get there. You'll learn. I'm still I still don't have my my stream to a professional quality. You know, but that's part of upgrading and learning and growing as a streamer. It is part of the process. It's part of the grind. And if you can't put that work in to be part of the grind, then it's I don't think it's worth it because, you know, you have to learn the basics and you have to learn the process. And it, it's something that I think just about every streamer goes through. Once you reach a certain point, you get to that point where I can go, I can go into my office, into the studio, I can turn on my computer, I can turn on my live stream, turn on all my equipment, and I know what quality I'm going to get. And it's such a great feeling looking back over the year, year plus really, on learning how to really do this as a streamer. So I have absolutely wonderful aesthetics, I think. I love my stream so far. My, like I said, if I had to fix two things, it would be get a DSLR camera so i have a better webcam it's crisper on me it's on you know there's not that webcam pixelation a little bit even if it's 1080p and then pick up a nice studio mic those are pretty expensive requests so my next focus from there was i was sitting at affiliate um february of so i've been an affiliate for about a year now and, and like I said, it took me a while to become an affiliate. It took me about a year, a little under a year to become an affiliate. Um, there's a lot of people that become affiliate in like two months, blah, 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 this and that. I mean, nowadays, I think it's a little bit easier to get reach affiliate than what it was before because uh, Twitch, even when I started, not to say that like I'm an OG or anything, but even back when I tried to start streaming, it, Twitch was more for viewing at that point than people really starting to stream. Now everyone streams. You know, you can stream straight from your Xbox and it's great quality. I mean, you simply, unless you want to have the aesthetics of a webcam and overlays and flesh, you can stream straight from your Xbox and your Gucci, which is fine. But what I realized, and I think a lot of people are realizing now, is there's a difference between being a streamer and being a streamer on Twitch. And growing and being a content creator. So I, I started out. I was like I'm going to be a streamer. I want to stream. I want to live stream on Twitch. And that's what I did. And then obviously as everyone wants to as a streamer. They want to build their community. They want people to come in and watch them. You know that that's the point of streaming. Is to have people come. You know you want people to come watch you. You want to put on a show. And you want people to come watch you. So through that development. You know you have to learn who you are as a streamer. Are you someone that's going to be good at a video game to the point where like people are going to watch you to learn 
how to be good at a video game? Are you going to be a person who's funny, comedic, who's entertaining, who's going to get up and dance on stream? Or are you going to be a person that's going to crack jokes on stream like a stand-up comedian? You know, like there's all different twists and flavors and it's always unique to you. So you need to figure out, understand who you are going to be as a person and then take that into being who you are as a streamer. Don't change who you are to your stream to appeal to someone else, to appeal to the to the peoples, to the mass. Because then that takes the joy out of streaming and it takes the joy out of just being you. You know, that's the point. When it comes down to the simple things, it's you being you as a streamer and producing content and then playing games. You know, like that's what it's for me it's what it's all about. Is I love playing video games. I love playing video games with my friends. As much as I do rage and I get frustrated at video games, I love it. And when it comes to streaming, I love the part of being a part of a gaming community, a part of a community above people that I have never met in my entire life other than a slight few in person. But making these connections with with those of you that are listening, those of you that are going to listen and become part of the community, like that's what it is all about. And that's where I want to talk about now is it's not just streaming. You have to be on Twitter. You have to be on YouTube. You have to be on all these other things. And that's if you want to be. I mean, you don't, let me rephrase it. You don't have to be. This is something that I thought about quite a lot. I was never real big into YouTube. I always thought it was so difficult. YouTube is very, very, very difficult. Okay? But I wanted to grow my stream. I wanted more people to come to the show and see that the entertainment that I have through my stream, I wanted them to be a part of my community um, because I, I personally think that, <laughs> humble brag, that we have Purple Esports, the Purple community is, is hands down the greatest community on all streaming platforms, on all content platforms. Like we have the best community. And so I want to show that to people. I want others to be a part of this absolutely wonderful and ever-growing community that's just been exponentially growing over the past couple months in in the years in the year from when we kind of you know created the whole sense of community when it became part of being a content creator being part of a stream or be part of a, a community and and from there it, it it grew and i and i i spread my wings out from streaming to um getting onto twitter so i i've been i'm real big into twitter um I have been for a while. I've been trying to learn different strategies from how to be a produce better content for people on Twitter, how to become, you know, people, people, you know, you call it social media. But the one thing that I never did, and I don't think people realize is like, it's social. You have to be social on social media. Like people aren't just going to come to your webpage because you're a streamer. They're not just going to come to your Twitter page because you're a streamer. No one cares. Think about it. how many people are else out there that are streamers and all they're trying to do is do the same thing that you are is try to have people come and find them, the discoverability problem. Because Twitch and Mixer and all these streaming platforms, all they have, they have all discoverability problems. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's terrible to get discovered on these on these platforms. Something needs to change. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be very difficult and it's probably going to have to be a huge turning of a leaf, I guess you could say, for these platforms to change their discoverability. But... That's beside the point. So what you kind of have to do and what I've done through my process is I've expanded to these other social media platforms. So like Twitter. 
be social, be friendly, make friends. Because that's the one thing about people are going to come to your stream because they want to check you out. Sure, you check them out, they check you out, and then two or three times later, neither of you go to each other's streams, and then that's the end of the relationship. Building relationships, being friendly, being social, and staying connected with these people on Twitter was a major, major difference that I had seen within the growth within my stream in my community. Now, I'm not out here saying i am got hundreds and, and thousands of views or even – I don't even have 20 views at a time usually for my stream. Um, but what I do have within my stream is people that come in day in and day out that I have relationships with. I'm able to say, hey, how was school? Because I know that they're in school. Hey, how was your day? Because, you know, blah, blah, blah was happening or, or this or that. I'm able to make those connections with people. I met a lot of them from Twitter. And then the next thing is is – from Twitter, I expanded to Discord. I, I never understood Discord until I really dug into it. I still don't get it. I have a wonderful, we have a wonderful member of the Discord, Don. I'm going to give him another shout out. I'll give him a shout out on every podcast for the Discord. And he does a phenomenal job. I don't know what he does or how he figures this stuff out on Discord. He doesn't bat an eye. He doesn't ask for anything. He's phenomenal because he sets all the, he set the whole Discord up for us, for the community. And it allowed myself to invite people basically to come join me somewhere. Basically, my Discord is like a house, is like the way I like to think of it. And I like to, I want to host people. So I want, I met this streamer on Twitter, but it's very hard to stay in contact on Twitter, like day to day. So you can see people on Twitter, you can like their messages and say this or that. But for the discoverability, I use it to, to meet new people. But what the point, the nice part of Discord is, is you can take these people that you meet from Twitter or, or Instagram, but I'm not real big into Instagram, so I'm not really going to cover that, and get to know them, to get to know what their content is, because a lot of these people are producing content themselves. They're trying to grow their brand as well, and that's well and dandy. We all will grow together. That's the wonderful part of being a part of the communities nowadays is growing together it's not just an individual anymore um sure maybe if you get so so big you're it's an individual aspect there but at this point none of the people that i'm associating with nor probably do i really want to associate with those big guys because it doesn't do me any good as a streamer as my content i enjoy watching them but it doesn't do anything to my content as the community that I'm a part of, they're able to give me ideas and um, bounce ideas off of them about things that they want to see, what you think their people, others are going to see to grow the community, to grow each other's streams. We, as I grow, you grow. And as, as you grow and I grow, the community grows. And that's what it's all about. And so I expanded into Discord. I took people from Twitter to Discord, and, and it's still revolving, ever-growing. And... I eventually got myself into YouTube at the beginning of the year. It's been about two months now, and I've been trying to put a video out once every single week. I've been doing good at it. I have been I held my promise for the presidency, and um, you know, check me out over there. It's at um, everything, all my socials. Um, I'm PRPL X Fox on all platforms, all social media, and. It has been an awesome time learning how to YouTube. It is also frustrating, but what has helped me so much is knowing so much about what 
goes on behind the scenes for streaming in the software. I'm able to use that same software, use those same techniques that I've learned and strategies in, 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 in adding things and removing things to make my YouTube videos better. And they've gone ever so better so quickly like that. My first YouTube video, I the first couple YouTube videos, I just want to cringe when I watch them. My fourth YouTube video was the worst worst thing I've ever put on uh, I think any kind of content I've ever put out I, I just I'm embarrassed from it but that's part of the process is sometimes you just have to say fuck it and you do it and it happens I learn from it and I know why my last two videos where I went from 15 views and again this isn't I'm not talking crazy here where I have thousands and millions of views but I went from 15 views to some 70 on one and like 60 something on the other and they're still getting views each day and they've been out each for uh two weeks now so like they're you know the content is getting better and that's again part of it is i don't look at myself as a streamer anymore i'm i look at myself as a content creator which is why i wanted to expand into the I got tipsy and get era uh, and, and Chuck into doing this podcast and myself doing the podcast is to create this content to show others what a wonderful community I'm a part of, show others what wonderful content I'm able to create through playing video games. And the one thing with YouTube is I'd like to, I want to show people things that they want to learn. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a great professional video game player, but I am smart. I am very intelligent, um, so one thing that I like to do is show people how to play smarter. If I can't do it mechanically, I can probably show someone else how to do it, or at least tell them how to do it, how it should be done. Um, you know, most most of the time, the best coaches aren't able to do it themselves. That's simple as that. And YouTube's ever coming, and now we're here at the podcast. Dark Purple, um, this one's a solo for your man purple purple fox and it's it's been a ride this is this is be the third episode technically but episode three is going to be coming out next week um this is 2.5 just me like i said earlier just kind of spitting spitting game and i love it i did a few things in college where i was um so i was a neuroscience major in college and we did um radio actually at our college radio station we did I did two broadcasts, I think it was. Yeah, two or three broadcasts. Talked about neurosciencey stuff and, and things like that. And I, I actually love doing it. I had an absolute blast. Like, And it was like a project for school. And I thought it was so much fun. And I actually was trying to convince my buddy because they asked us if we wanted to continue you know, recording in, in the studio there at, at college. Recording these um, podcast or not podcasts, but radio shows. Um, for neuroscience and and I thought it would have been a phenomenal time but with school and stuff my buddy didn't want to because at that time we were playing baseball and we we're again both neuroscience majors so we were doing taking a lot of biology and chemistry courses and so it was we were pretty bogged down with our academics as well so we never got into it but I always loved it and then I was honored to be on True Talk um, twice um, it was another podcast another great community um, I was honored to be on their podcast twice um, and I had an absolute phenomenal time. And then uh, I'm not quite as close with true talk, a true gaming community anymore, but, um, one community that I'm, I'm a huge part of, and I, 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 
I love the people that I've met from them. It's Good Game Report. Um, if you haven't checked the Good Game Report out, check out their podcast. It's Good Game Report podcast. It's phenomenal. I was able to be uh, a guest on this uh, Good Game Report podcast, and it really showed me that this is something that I wanted to do is be a podcaster and talk about um, the gaming world, talk about life, this Anything that comes of interest to the people in the community, that's what it's about. It doesn't just have to be gaming. Short gaming is the core aspect, the core um, ideology behind the community. But there's so much more out there to the community than just gaming. There's so many more interests. Like People are interested in, in sports in general, playing sports, watching sports cooking like I, I love to cook I actually talked to I talked to my girlfriend earlier I made some Sicilian chicken noodle soup and it's got some like potatoes ketchup celery diced tomatoes like just oh bro it is so good that's all I gotta say but I wanted to do an IRL stream and just take it from my phone set up with my ring light and have a little like I had like my little phone clamp to put on the counter and I could talk to chat while ever but I, I thought that'd be cool. Like, that's this content that, like, me personally, like, if I'm loyal to a streamer, I'm not loyal to a game, I'm not loyal to, like, a certain kind of content. Like, I, I like meeting people. That's the big thing. I like the being able to be personal. I like to be able to know people, make that connection with someone. Because, not because, sure, because they play Fortnite or sure because they play Rainbow Six Siege. Like, that's a start. But, like, I'm simply not coming back to your stream if you just play that and you don't try to make a relationship or try to be, like, a friend. You know what I mean? Like, I've met some amazing, amazing people through the Discord community. There's a good game report through my community, through the stream. Meeting people from YouTube, even just in the little bit of time that I've been putting videos on YouTube. And I want to get... We're, we're, Chuck and Garrett and I have been talking about getting guests onto the podcast, um, and that's coming up in the future to get that going as well with letting the community know a little bit more about these wonderful people that make up the community. It it, it just it has been an amazing amazing ride since August of 2017, really, when I started my journey into streaming and into being a content creator. I am. Never going to say that I know everything about streaming and creating content because I know very little. And I have so much to learn. And that's why I love doing it. I love the process. And I'm still in the process of learning and doing it. And that's why uh, every single day I, I either am doing something involving my stream, involving YouTube, recording for the podcast, or watching other YouTube videos to make the audio better, to make the quality of the stream better. To th I'm always thinking of things to have people stay in the stream. What are cent incentives that I can have to have someone stay in my stream? Like I'm, I made the incentive where if someone follows me, I'm gonna, I'm doing, I'm doing 30 push-ups for them. Um, follow on Twitch. Um, I wanna give shout-outs to people on on my YouTube videos. I'm gonna start making like people that have subscribed that week. I'm gonna start shouting them out, putting them at the video end of the video and things like that. So I got a lot of big thing coming that. I have to work on. I have to get time. Now, I I love my job. The job I work, I do research. I would never ever give that up in a million years. Unless someone said I'm going to pay you million a million dollars every year to create content, well you bet your ass I'm going to create content and I'll do anything that they say. But 
I love my job and I love doing this as a hobby. So unfortunately, sometimes the content gets put to the back burner. But this is my my main hobby outside of my work, my family, my girlfriend, and things along those lines. Part of life because life has to come first. Like that is the most important thing. Always be weary of your time and always be willing to learn and know where the next step is. Don't be afraid to take the next step. Don't be afraid to step off the ledge and dive in and fail. Because when you fail, it's only failing if you don't learn from your mistake, if you don't learn from the, the issue that is occurring. So that's just words of wisdom from Purple Fox. Um, with that being said, that's the crazy journey that I've had through two and a half years of content creation. It's I think it's just crazy that it's been two and a half years. I wouldn't even think about it. I think I just like the other day just picked up streaming and got my new my computer like I have my Xbox and like I'm trying to upgrade a few things with my Xbox. Um, I got to get a new Xbox remote and stuff like that. And I think it's just it all together has come around in such a whole manner. And talking about it over the last hour now for this podcast, it has been really surreal and nostalgic to think about. So, with that being said, I'm probably I'm gonna have to sign out here. I might have to go cry a little bit. Um, go watch some old videos of me on Twitch to see how far I've actually come. So you can find me. This is Purple Fox. You can find me on Twitch at Purple P R P L X Fox on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. I'm still debating about TikToks, so be sure to either let me know if you guys want to see me on TikTok because I think I could come up with. I've been thinking about doing TikTok because there's some some nutty shit that I've been thinking of that I think would be a pretty good TikTok, but that's kind of for the millennials and the youngers because I'm I'm somewhat of a boomer. I'm like a I'm like a boo, you know. I'm not quite a full boomer. I'm just a boo, and <laughs> so um, I have just released. I actually just I forgot. I got a I just released a new YouTube video um for. Uh, regarding Apex Legends, uh, many of you know we talked about Apex Legends Season 4, New Revenant coming out. So check that out, guys. See what the YouTube's all about. Um, that's a nice place for you guys to check out and see what the stream is if you guys are hesitant to check me out. Jump on YouTube. Take like five minutes. Check it out. I mean, the clips are from, from my stream. I think you guys will really enjoy them. So find me at uh, PRPLX Fox. Those are the plugs on all social medias. And I want to say thank you for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.